Hey, can we at the same time give our worship team a round of applause? Man, awesome job today. Praise the Lord. Good to see you. How are you? That's a few of you. How are you? All right. Good to see you. Hey, I want you to real quickly get your connection card out. And uh, let me tell you who I am. My name is Cal. I'm one of the pastors on the team. It's a pleasure serving you. And we're going to do this real quickly today because I'm going to be speaking today and it's going to come rapid fire. We're going to come at you pretty quick. So I want you to get these connection cards out and start filling them out right now. So I'm watching some of you do it, but some of you are not doing it. And we've got the uh, ushers going to come. I'm just kidding. So at any rate, uh, I was going to tell you, we've got the ushers come. They're going to come and get, grab you if you're not filling out your connection card. So if you are filling this out, there's a couple things that you can put on this today that are happening and you can label it by saying, hey, I'm coming. And number one is happening tomorrow night at 7, and it's Celebrate Recovery. And we've been praying and anticipating this ministry to start for months. And all of us have hang-ups, and all of us have habits, and many of us have addictions that we cannot get through. Well, the ministry of Celebrate Recovery is just for that. And if you need some help, and you need a, a boost through this with just some people around you... That's for you tomorrow night, and you can put on there, hey, I'm attending on the box in the back. Also, on the 28th of August, parents, if you're here and you have teenagers, junior and senior high school, a vital meeting for you to be at on August the 28th, immediately after the 1130 service. So would you just kind of mark, hey, I'm coming to that parent meeting as well. And then on the same day, maybe you've been at Crossroads uh, a short time, four months or less, and you just kind of find out. Hey, how does this thing work? I want to ask some questions. I want to meet some of the team. I see different people up here each week. I want to meet some of them. We're having a newcomer's reception again, August 28th, same day as the parent meeting. It's at 11, or excuse me, after the 11.30 service that morning as well. And you'll hear about that next week as well. That's crazy. August 28th is only two weeks away. Christmas is like three weeks away. So, you know, it's just coming so fast. It's crazy. So put that on there. And on the back side of your connection card is a great opportunity for you to write out a prayer request. We have a phenomenal prayer team that meets every Tuesday and prays over these prayer requests, as well as our team and staff. And also, maybe you have something that you just want to brag on God. We call that a praise report. So just write that down and let us celebrate with you what God is doing in your life. And just write that. And you can turn that in in the offering time at the end of the message. And now I want to shift a little bit. So you should be doing this. And so I want to kind of walk into today's message and connect it to last week and kind of get your heart and your focus centered on what we're going to talk about today. Because as I said, when I come up today... You need to get your blue note sheet out and be ready because it's going to start coming at you pretty quick and pretty rapid. So we started a series last week called Deeper, where we take some of our worship songs that we sing at the beginning of the service. And some of those familiar songs that we kind of resonate with as a church and even as a people, as the big church throughout the world. And we're breaking those songs down to really tell you what they mean, what's behind it, what is the whole, you know, avenue to God in this song. Pastor Paul began last week when we sang, Oh, Come to the Altar. He talked about how sacrifice and altar is all the same, and we've got to come to God with this sacrifice and this sacrificial attitude. And we're going to connect that today with the song, Oceans. And as you can see behind me, the worship team is prepared to do a version of 
that we call acoustic, kind of an intimate version of this song before we get into the message. So I, I want you to just kind of settle for just a moment. I want you to just kind of put away the distractions. You should be finished with your card and various other things and have your note sheet ready to roll so that when I get back up, we're, we're going for it. But I want you to put last week out, just be done with it. It's gone. It's, it's history. Thank God for that, right? Tomorrow's Monday. Some of us are facing some tough stuff this week, but it's not here yet. So we've been given this moment. We've been given this appointed time that you're here today, and it's not by accident that you're here. You thought maybe somebody invited you, or it's Sunday, I'm supposed to be in church, but that's not why you're here. You're here to hear God whisper something in your soul. And he wants to do that. But every now and then, we've got to put and push everything away so that we can hear clearly what God wants to say to us. And that's what we're doing at this moment. So I want to pray for us, and then the team is going to go into this song. And maybe you know it, but stay seated and just sing it with them, or just hear it. And let it just get inside of you. It's a dangerous song if you were singing this song and really mean the words. That's why we're going to talk about it today. So if you will, let's pray and just kind of set our hearts right for God to do something inside of them. Father, thank you for this wonderful opportunity this opportunity to hear you in the midst of a lot of clutter, a lot of busyness, a lot of stuff that's gone on and will go, and we're almost, some of us are probably anxious about the times to come. But we have been given this moment, and Father, I pray that in this moment, you speak clearly. In this moment, you give us the ability somehow to push away all that would distract us. Let us hear, Father, with the ears of our soul in the midst of this moment, minister to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. I love this song. Have you ever heard it before? Raise your hand. Yeah, we can give the Lord a hand clap there. I love this song. You call me out upon the waters. The great unknown where feet may fail. And there I find you in the mystery. In the mystery. Have you ever heard the statement, God works in mysterious ways? There I find you in the mystery. Have you ever thought about finding God in the mystery when you've been called out upon the water of uncertainty? Today, I want to talk to you a little bit about walking in the mystery of God, the purpose of walking and staying in the mystery so that you can find God. So here's here's the first blank of your sheet. Are you ready? Because I tell you, we're going to go pretty fast. And so we're walking in mystery. We're walking on water. We're walking on waves. And, And I want to tell you that serving God should be an adventure. It should be an adventure. Adventure. It should never be mundane. It should never be boring. It should always be full of mystery. But I'm just not sure it is that way for many of us. I think we've gotten into routines. So we're going to talk about that today. We've gotten into predictability. And I think today we want to get out of that so that we can walk in adventure and see what God has for us. That it would be unique for each and every one of us, not just as the body, but individually. 
Matthew chapter 14, you may be familiar with the story that Peter walked on water. Out of the boat. Then he took his eyes off Jesus in the middle of that storm. And he became afraid in the midst of that and sank. But I mean, just think for a moment, walking on water, what that would be like. I mean, in the context of this chapter alone, in chapter 14, just the context of that short span of time, these men called disciples of God saw a pretty good bit and walked a pretty adventurous moment right there. They saw John the Baptist, I think we're familiar with who he is, beheaded. And then his disciples came and took his body to bury him and they witnessed all that. And then in the same context, Jesus preached to over 5,000 people. They only counted men in that era. So we're probably talking ten to 15,000 people Jesus preached to without a sound system. Pretty amazing thing. And then the Bible said that he healed many of them. And as they were preaching and as they were healing and as they were ministering, they began to see that these same people that were sitting there were hungry. So they took a lunch from a little boy, just two fishes and five loaves of bread, and fed all of those people. And then he led uh, the disciples to a boat and said, I want you to go to the other side. I'll meet you there. I'm going up to pray. And in the mystery, in that boat, after all that happened, about 3 o'clock in the morning, someone is out there. I mean, can you imagine? You're, you're a pretty seasoned sailor. That's what Peter and Andrew and John were. And about 3 o'clock in the morning, the storm rises up, and they're pretty afraid. And someone is walking on the water at 3 in the morning. So let's pick it up here in verse 25. It's on your notes in Matthew 14. So about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. Now, I I want you to kind of circle that word terrified because we know this story. Some of us are very familiar with this story, and we've lost a little bit of the intensity that's in this story. I mean, can you imagine, just imagine you you woke up at three o'clock in the morning in your house and somebody that you don't know is walking down the hallway and you're not really sure they're there. It's not going to be one of these, oh, it's you. (laughs) Who are you? And you're going to go find a bat, gun, something because it's three o'clock in the morning and somebody's out there and that's what they are. They're terrified and they cried out. It's a ghost, not, oh, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. And they're fearing for their lives. And Jesus spoke to them at once in verse 27. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. I am here. I love the fact that they probably recognize their voice. But listen to Peter in verse 28. Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you. So that's what I want you to underline. I'll get back to that. If it's really you. Tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. Peter went over the side of the boat, walked on the water toward Jesus. Now, I I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina. Maybe you can tell with the little accident that I'm not from California. But I'm from the south. Grew up on the water, being that I'm from Charleston. And there's a huge lake where I grew up. And the last 20 years, my wife and I, before we moved to California, lived on that lake. It was right across the yard. Largest lake in South Carolina. We were privileged to have like a little boat ramp right across the street from us. And our families would go out on that lake constantly. And my brother has a pretty nice boat. So one day, about six years ago, we took his boat and my wife and 
uh, her mom and her dad went with us in the same boat. We were meeting the rest of our family on this island about a 15-minute boat ride away from the shore. And uh, one of the things about that lake in South Carolina, it's so huge that a storm could come up without notice. I mean, almost without warning, you look and there's clouds and you know what those storm clouds look like. Now, we don't know that in California. We have no idea what storm clouds look like in California. But you do in South Carolina. There's thunderstorms and there's lightning and stuff that we never see here in California. Very, it's very seldom anyway. So we're out there and we're doing a little picnic thing and one of those storms come up and it's pretty intense. And so we've, we're throwing everything back in the boat. We're trying to get out there and and get it back to the shore where we need to be off that island and get the boats out of the water because there are times that that lake that's just like glass can become an ocean. And this is one of those times. We get about five minutes outside the island back to the shore and I'm telling you, it is like three to five foot swells in this lake. It's so intense. It's pretty scary. And about that moment, the motor on the boat that I'm driving, my brother's nice boat, stops. I can't get it to go. And I mean, water's coming over the boat. And I, you know, am, and before this was a military guy and did some, I was a rescue swimmer in the military. And my father-in-law looked at me at that moment and said, what are you going to do now, Mr. Rescue Swimmer? Well, I'm trying my best, and I'm hitting it, and I'm going back and hitting it, and water's just coming. I just knew we were going to sink that boat. I just knew we were. And Tina's mom is kind of in a fetal position on one of the seats in the back, and she's just scared out of her mind, and everybody's thinking, we're not sure how we're going to get out of this mess. And make a long story short, we did. Another boat came back that was a little larger, hooked us up, towed us in. We all made it out, and it was one of those things that God just intervened, that we were all safe. Yet Tina's mom looked at me when we got back on shore, and she said, I'm never getting in a boat again, especially with you. Never again. Into the great unknown. It's sunny one moment and stormy the next. We had no idea it was coming. And that's the way life is. You wake up one day and it's a beautiful day and you anticipate it being awesome. And then you get a phone call that changes your whole world. You ever had that happen? You wake up and it's great and you get a text message that just absolutely blows your mind. You get an email. You see someone, you go into work, and you get a slip that you weren't anticipating, and your whole life is different than the very morning that you woke up thinking everything is good. It's the great unknown. Today, I wonder what the great unknown looks like for you, individually. When it comes to this huge element that we call the will of God, in your life, it's the will of God. Is it it an adventure for you? Is it a destiny? See, I know that our destination is heaven for those of us who follow Christ. But our destiny is somewhere right on this earth that God puts us here and imparts purpose into our life. That we have a destiny on earth. Are you living your life in the great unknown for destiny to arise in you and purpose to arise in you? And yet, can I ask you this morning, is it an adventure for you? Are you waking up every day with a, I get to serve God today, wherever your feet may go and fail? Are you waking up knowing that today is a day that God has breathed into me? And it's going to be a day that I serve him. And it's full of mystery. It's full of the unknown. But that's what keeps it exciting. I recall when I went into the military, 
was 18 years old, 19-something, <laughs> 1978, and I'm standing in San Antonio, Texas at Lackland Air Force Base, not knowing what the day's ahead of me, surrounded by young men from all parts of the world, all walks of life, different backgrounds. None of us had any idea what was ahead of us. We just knew what we thought we had signed up for. We knew that the adventure was waiting for us. But I can distinctly remember at that moment as a young man following God at that moment, the whisper of God inside of me saying these words, Cal, this is just the beginning of your adventure of life. And yet seven years later after that moment, almost to the day, my wife Tina and I separated from the Air Force to enter into full time ministry. I had such a passion. I mean, God could have called me to Antarctica and I would have ministered to the penguins. I had that kind of a passion. Have you ever had that sort of passion to serve God? Do you wake up every day with that passion that says, God, I don't know what today holds, but I'm going to serve you today. I'm going to bless you today. This is not about me today. It's about you. I had no idea what God had in store for me. I had no idea that 30 plus years later, I would find myself in California of all places, a Southern boy ministering the gospel and starting a campus in Hayward and building a building and coaching pastors. I had no idea the adventure that God had me on. All I knew is that Tina and I had stepped into the great unknown. Just as that song says to us, we had stepped into the great unknown. See, here's the deal, guys. Most of us, and I'm one of those most at most occasions, want to know how it's going to turn out before we step out. And we've got to turn that around. We've got to step out before we know how it turns out. Because we serve a God. Who's in the mystery. I looked up that word mystery. And I was very intrigued with the definition of random house dictionary. I was very surprised at the definition. One of the definitions just simply says something obscure or enigmatic. It's an enigma. And yes, there are things that God does that we will never understand, right? We just cannot explain those things that God does. And they're inexplicable all throughout the word. And that's why he tells us to dive into the word, to know him, to get to know him. Because those things are a mystery. But then the second definition that I saw in my little random house dictionary. And I thought, this is amazing. This is what this whole message is going to be about. This is the definition that random house gives me. I'm going to give it to you. A truth. Unknown. Except by divine revelation. A truth unknown except by divine revelation. You see, it tells me in the midst of that random house, published dictionary, that there should be this wide-eyed wonder in serving God. A truth unknown except by divine revelation. Why? Because there's mystery involved into it. Peter stepping out of the boat. It wasn't a safe environment. We always want it safe. Peter stepped out of that boat, and all he asked was, if it's you, tell me to come out there, walking on the water in the middle of the storm. It's unpredictable. Definitely a place where feet may fail. Definitely a place where I don't have the strength to do this. It's not even physically possible to do this. And friends, that's what it looks like when you step out into the mystery of God. 
when you step out into the great unknown of God, a place unknown except by divine revelation. It's usually not safe. But see, in America, we've kind of been indoctrinated to go to safety. We've been indoctrinated to go to the place where it's comfortable. And I I believe God has more in store for some of you in this room than you can even contemplate, than you can even think or imagine. I believe God has more in store for your life than you can even come up with. I would have had no idea of the things that were before me. If, if I would have tried to understand them, if God would have told me ahead of time, I wouldn't have wanted to know because I would have just kind of said, nope, uh, I'm not doing it. If God tells you in advance what he has planned for you, you're kind of bailing out. You're not going there. You're not even going to get in the boat. And, that, and there are going to be times, just as there has been in my life, just as there is in this song, along the journey where you'll even wonder, is God there? Is God a part of this? Where is he? That's what Peter asked in verse 28. Lord, if, circle it, if it's you, can I come out? He's looking. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. There's a storm going on. He's terrified. Don't forget that, that fear, that presence of fear that's all over him. He doesn't even know he's going to live. And he's squinting at 3 in the morning. Lord, if that's you. And some of us need to be that way in our life. We need to be squinting through the circumstances that we're unsure of. Lord, if this is you, you just tell me to keep going. I don't stop here. This isn't going to allow me to to go backwards. I'm going to go forward. This isn't going to be the end of me. Let me keep going, squinting, looking, asking, Lord, if it's you. The disciples thought it was a ghost. And I'm sure, as I said earlier, they didn't just sit back. Oh, it's a ghost. Oh, how amazing. It's a ghost. This was a a place where there's no ordinary happening here. It's not mundane. Anything about following God should never be mundane. Unfortunately, in the larger scheme, in the bigger picture of church life, we've made it mundane. We've made serving God almost come down to an hour on Sunday. And yet we do our life the rest of the week. And we don't even have any idea what the great unknown is for us. Outside of just going and doing our thing. Whatever we were prepared to do. Whatever we were educated to do. Not even sure or even open to the fact that God may call you out of the boat. Out of comfort. Out of the ordinary. Out of the mundane. Into the ocean. Into the uncertain. Into the mystery. And that's what this song is all about. So let's make sure, guys. Come on, let's make sure that starting today... As we break this song down, that we will step into the mystery, that we will be a church full of adventurers, full of people who will step out into the mystery. I love the lyrics of this song. Spirit, lead me where trust is without borders. Without borders. No boundary in my trust. Let me walk upon the waters. And here's the dangerous part of this song. Wherever you would call me. And the dangerous word that you might want to circle is wherever. Wherever. See, there are three ways you can approach that. First, we, we, we can look at Peter and say, well, he sank. But see, Peter first got out of the boat. He got out of the boat. 
And, and, and we could say, secondly, the disciples, they never got out of the boat. But they did get in the boat. Why? Because the third way we can approach it is never leave the shore. There's 5,000 men, 10,000 people plus that received from God. And we have no written indication anywhere else in the Bible that they told anyone else about the miracle that had just happened in front of them. They just played it safe. They just received. And so I'm asking you today, this morning, what category are you in there? What category are you in? Are you going to live the rest of your life with the attitude of people who just come to church and receive, but never leaves the shore? You just come in and receive the message, receive the worship, sometimes sing, sometimes not, sometimes with my hands in my pocket. Oh, that's a good song. Oh, I don't like that song, so I'm not going to sing it. Oh, I don't know that song. Oh, it's too loud. Are you going to be those people who receive and never leave the shore? Are you going to stay in the boat where it's comfortable? Or like Peter who got in the boat but then climbed out even in a storm because Jesus said, come. See, Jesus is not only just asking you to walk in the mystery, church. Jesus is saying to you this morning, as he's saying to me, come to me. I love those words that Peter said. If it's you, Lord, tell me to come. And Jesus said, come. He didn't just say go. He's not just telling you to go today. Jesus is telling each one of us to come. Come near me. Come closer to me. What Jesus is saying to you is let me be your everything. Everything. That's the only way you can climb out of that boat. Keep your eyes right here on me. Not on the waves, but over the waves, as the song says. I love Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. In your notes, it says to fix. Would you circle that word? Fix your eyes on Jesus. He's the founder and perfecter of your faith. Fix has a deeper meaning than just the word fix because it means to fix. Focus, but I want to show you a picture of what that word means. When everything else around you blurs out, but you're able to focus in on one element. And what Jesus is saying is when you're in the midst of a storm, when you're in the midst of uncertainty, when you're in the midst of that which is unpredictable, when you are in the midst of the mystery and the great unknown, hey, hey, blur everything else out and get inside and fix, focus, Put your eyes on me, Jesus. I know that along this journey, there will be different seasons for each of us. In this room, there are different seasons for all of us right now. We're all in a different season of life, in a different phase of walking with God, serving God. But I just want to encourage you with the lyrics of this song and where it came from, out of this whole story of Jesus calling Peter out of a boat and him climbing over the side, I want to encourage you to embrace the mystery today. Embrace it. Make a decision that you're up for it. Make a decision today. I'm up for this. I'm going to do away with the routines. I'm not going to just come to church because it's open at 1130 on Sunday or 10 or 9 or whatever time it happens to be convenient for you to get to church. I'm up for the mystery. I want to walk into the unknown. I want to encourage you to embrace that today. Matter of fact, I want you to do something. When you look at your neighbor and say, hey, I want you to embrace it. I'm going to embrace this. Would you just say that to your neighbor? Embrace the mystery. Come on. Embrace the mystery. Wake them up. If they're going to sleep, give them an elbow. Hey, embrace it. 
Embrace the elbow. Get into the mystery. Make a decision today that you're up for it, church. Make a decision that you're called to do it. That just coming to church isn't enough. That you want to walk into the great unknown. Why? Okay, Cal, you've been inspiring. You've been preaching and yelling and spitting and all that. Why should I embrace it? Why? This is where we get to the point where we turn and ask the question, so what? Why do we do it? Why should I embrace it? Why should I get out the boat? Why not just stay comfortable? That's what I've been taught to do. I've been taught to go to the right school, get the right education, make enough money to be comfortable and live the American dream. Why should I do this? Because the world outside of these walls are waiting on people who will live life on purpose. Not just live life because it's the routine of going to work just to get money so you can buy bread to get energy, to go back to work to get more money, buy more bread to get energy, to go back to work to buy money or get money to buy bread. It's just a routine. It's just a cycle that drives all of us nuts. We're talking about living life on purpose for the sovereign God of God, that the sovereign hand of the Lord will guide you. That's what we're talking about. Matter of fact, the very purpose of this church, the mission of this church is stated to love God, to love others, and help me live life, come on, on purpose. That's the reason we exist, and you're a part of this. And when you live on purpose, you have to push out from the shore. You have to. You've got to get out of the boat. When you live life on purpose, it's not about you. It's not about you going places that you want to go. It's about getting out of the boat and coming closer and toward Jesus. Keep your eyes above the waves on Jesus. Why? Because there's a lot that we don't know. Matter of fact, the book of Job, if you're familiar with Job's life, it was pretty tragic. One of his friends told him this when Job was trying to figure out why God was doing this, what this was all about. And it turned out great at the end. But listen to what his friend said in Job eleven seven. You can see it on the screen. It's in your notes. Do you think you can explain the mystery of God? Do you think you can diagram God Almighty? We certainly try, don't we? With technology and everything else. Do you think you can do that? God is far higher than you can imagine. Far deeper than you can comprehend. Stretching farther than the earth's horizons. Far wider than the endless ocean. Look what Solomon wrote in his journal that we call Ecclesiastes. In chapter 11, verse 5, he says, just as you'll never understand the mystery of life forming in a pregnant woman. I remember when my wife was pregnant with our daughters. I would put my hand on her, on her womb, and I would just think, what's growing in there? It's just a, amazing to me. A human, a life. Try to understand what's growing today. Is it the finger Is it the eye? Is it the lung? Just as you'll never understand the mystery of life forming in a pregnant woman, Solomon says, so you'll never understand the mystery at work in all that God does. So why why doesn't he just tell us? Wouldn't it be easier? Wouldn't it be easier, Michael, if you got a phone call, you know, and said, hey, uh, uh, Michael, I just want to let you know, man, that on this date they're going to find a tumor in you. Wouldn't that have been a lot easier for you to know that? Then you would have to go through all that uncertainty, what's going on here. You could have prepared yourself. That would have been a lot. Wouldn't it be easier if you just had a text message, hey, 
you know, single girl, you're going to meet this guy. He's not so good at first, but hang in there. He's going to be okay, but you've got to hang in there. Wouldn't it be easier if we just had a text message or a phone call or something in the mail? Somebody just told us this is going to be what's going to happen on September the 3rd or October the 5th. Wouldn't, I, I'd like that, wouldn't you? It'd be a whole lot easier to live life. Well, so why not? Why doesn't he just tell us? We all like predictability. I like it. We all like certainty. The older I get, I'm 55. I'll be 56 in October. I'm very predictable. There's some routines that I have that just drive my wife crazy. I'm sure that you're like that too. Don't laugh at me. Don't judge me. You know, I take my wife out on a date every week to the same restaurant. <laughs> and she's like, are we ever going to go to I like this place. You ever find something you like and you just keep going back? Or you're something that you go to the restaurant you like and you say this, I'm going to order something different. <laughs> nope. We're predictable. We like certainty. We like our say, I, look, I can tell if you're here or not. I can just come on the platform and I can say, okay, they're sitting in their seat. They're in their spot. You come into church and you sit. If you're not in the same seat, you're in the same area. Somebody might have beat you to the seat. You're in the same area. All right, come on. Are you right? So here's your challenge. Next week, those of you sitting over there, have to sit over there. Those of you sitting over there, have to sit over there. Those of you in the middle, you need to kind of flip-flop. You're in the back, come up front. You up front, go to the back. That would freak you out. I'm telling you it would, especially those of you who come in and go to the back right away. Freak you out. We like certainty. We like predictability. Here's the deal. We like comfort. And God's calling us out of the comfort into the great unknown because that's where he's at. He's in the mystery. We like safety. We don't like stepping out there. So why why does he do this? Why does he call us out like that? Why does he, why does he do this? Can I tell you? Because he loves you. Because he loves you. I want to get real practical. When, when you take the mystery out of romance, remember, he loves you. When you take the mystery out of romance, it becomes pretty boring. It becomes stale. How many of you in a relationship, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Have you ever said this if you're in a relationship? I've been married, I'm going on 39 years here. And my wife and I have said this many times. We're just kind of existing. Have you ever said that? Have you ever thought that? And you got to do something. you got to add some mystery to it. i got to take her to a different place. <laughs> i got to get away on a weekend when she's surprised i remember one weekend i just picked her up from the school and i just took her i had her stuff packed we were going had reservations mystery she didn't know where we're going it was the greatest romantic weekend of our life mystery you need to add some mystery to this thing when you don't have mystery into romance it gets stale it gets boring and eventually it becomes loveless you know the greatest romance that was ever written Greatest romance story in the world is right there in the Bible. It's called the Song of Solomon. You ever read it? It's one of the least read books in the entire Bible. And if you're married or in a relationship or about to be married, I see a few of you out there about to be married, you need to start reading the Song of Solomon to one another. I'm very serious. It describes romance. There's a parallel of how God, the Father, loves the church that he calls us his bride. 
And there's a story after story, description after description of the mystery in the romance. I just want to share one with you in Solomon, Songs chapter 7, verse 4. I put it in your notes. Listen to what it says. Now, my wife was in the first service today, and she was sitting, oh, about right where you are. I want you to hear this words. Is it in your notes? Look at it. Your eyes are wells of light. Deep with mystery. About the time I got to deep with mystery, I was about right here with my wife, Peter. Don't get nervous. <laughs> Quintessentially feminine. And then I just reached down and kissed her. Your eyes are wells of light. Isn't that romantic? Deep with mystery. Quintessentially feminine. If you're here with your spouse, I want, I want you to do something, gentlemen. I want you to look over at your wife and say those words. You can read them. You don't have to memorize them. Come on, come on. Some of you are freaking out right now. I mean, you are freaking out. I'm watching you. This is funny. Come on, say it. Look into their eyes. Your eyes. Wells of light. Doesn't that make you feel deep with mystery? Quintessentially feminine. Can you imagine... God saying that to you? Do you know there's a scripture that actually says you are the apple of his eye? Why does he call us to the mystery? Because he loves you. And he wants it to be exciting. Listen, if you, if you knew what was going to happen, it wouldn't be the fight of faith. <laughs> there would be no fight of faith. Matter of fact, we wouldn't even need faith if it was predictable. We wouldn't even need it. What would you need faith for if you already knew? But yet Hebrews 11.6 says this. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. God keeps himself in the mystery. It's where he's at. He'll be there to pick you up. So number one, go where he says go. Go where he says go. Number two, keep your eyes on him. Always, number three, come into his presence. Don't neglect that. Oh, we get so busy. Remember the focus? We get so, come into his presence. Some of you have to wake up early sometimes to do this. Go to bed a little later. Come into his presence. That's the way through the mystery. I want to show you a couple who did this. Watch this. It's pretty cool. That's my daughter. (laughs) And her husband, and um, he's not a pastor. He's a graphic designer. She worked for a nonprofit. Ordinary people called to the great unknown, but got out of the boat, just like you and I. Is it scary? (laughs) Yeah. But that's what keeps it exciting. That's what keeps the mystery alive. That's the adventure part of it. If life wasn't a little bit scary, then why are we living it? <laughs> to serve a God that's sovereign, that will guide you. We, we need adventurers. Are you up for it? Are you ready to embrace this mystery? Go where he calls you. That's why I said that those words are scary. Wherever you may call, it may be southern China, it may be southern India, it may be southern California, it may be just 
south on your street. To talk to people that you would otherwise not talk with. Ordinary people. But this should never be mundane. This should never be boring. It should never come to a routine. We need to keep our eyes on him. Embrace this. Last two things. And then we're going to sing that song and be done. Mystery, number one, has a sound. Mystery has a sound. It's not just mystery. It has a, it's the sound of praise. I want you to hear this scripture. Look at it on the screen with me. Out of Psalm, what the psalmist wrote. It's the sound of praise. He says, I waited and waited and waited for God. Have you ever felt like that? (laughs) Waited and waited and waited for God. At last he looked. Finally he listened. He lifted me out of the ditch. Pulled me from the deep mud. He stood me on a solid rock to make sure I wouldn't slip. He taught me how to sing the latest God song. A praise song to our God. More and more people are seeing this. They enter the mystery, abandoning themselves to God. That's the challenge today. That in the mystery, that you're going through a circumstance that you're unsure of. It's a storm. That you abandon yourselves to God. How do you do that? Through praise. Through worship. That's the deep part of the series. Why we're even doing it. That you learn to praise. That's the sound of mystery. Praise takes you through the mystery. When you're going through something that you don't understand and you're asking, if it's you, start praising him. Start worshiping God. Secondly, mystery has a confession and that's what we're going to end this whole service today with. The confession is in the song. I will call upon your name. Keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, which is life, my soul will rest in your embrace. For I am yours. Say it with me. You are mine. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take an offering, and it's going to be real quick. So that we can really jump into this song and end it with giving your life, giving your abandonment into God through the lyrics of this song. And I challenge you today to just go away. They're going to do the big version of this. It's not intimate. It's big. It's up there. And just abandon yourself in the lyrics of this song now that you understand it. You see what it's all about. Go there. If you're a guest today, we don't want you to give anything in this offering. We just want you to give your heart, your soul into this moment. We actually have a gift for you. You can Go to one of the gift tables outside at the end of the service as our guest. But after this offering basket is passed, I'm going to ask you, as soon as it goes by you, go to your feet quick and abandon yourself in this song. Let me pray for you. Let's go there. Father, we love you. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for speaking to us, Lord. Challenging us today to go into the mystery, to the great unknown, but yet promising that you will always be there. You're there right now, and you're saying to those of us in this room, come, come near me, make me everything, focus on me, in Christ's name, amen. Hey, can we just give the Lord a hand clap for that? Praise God. And would you, would you join me and let's just thank the worship team for bringing it today. I mean, come on. They really brought it.
Praise the Lord. I mean, they've been here since 6.30 this morning, and you would have never known that. They brought it with energy and just went for it and, and, and allowed you to get to that place of the great unknown. Hey, I hope this has been challenging to you. I hope you're willing to embrace it and go for it. Thank you for going with me there. What we normally do at the end of the service, if you're comfortable, is we, we raise a hand and we bless. But today we're going to do something a little different. Keep that hand there. Keep that hand there. If you desire a blessing, I'm going to bless you. But if you're ready to go out into the great unknown, if you're ready to say with sincerity, wherever you will call, that's a dangerous word, wherever. If you're ready to live that life of adventure and never let it be boring or mundane again, putting the romance in the mystery, I want you to raise the other hand and have both of them up. Don't do it if you're not ready. I'm serious. Don't do it. God will take this real serious. He'll take this real serious. I want to pray for you, bless you. Father, I pray you see every hand that raised. Lord, there's a sincerity about what they've just done. Lord, to go where you would call, to live a life of adventure. Lord, to live a life that's not boring serving you. Lord, not mundane, but going into the great unknown. And I pray, God, that you give them the courage, the boldness, and the strength. And Lord, I bless them. I ask that you would overshadow them with your blessing. Lord, let your blessing change their heart, fill their soul. God, give their mind the peace that they would embrace as they walk on the water of life. May that be the blessing that they receive as we exit this building into that world and live life on purpose. In Jesus' name, everyone said together, amen. Amen. Bless you. Have a wonderful week.